Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Oh my God, I'm so excited, everybody, to be joined today by Annette Rodriguez. She is the managing director at Warburg Pincus. Annette, welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thanks, Jody. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this because I think you're our first private equity guest, and we have so many different types of people listening to our show. We have a lot of people who are in later stages of their career, and they're just curious about what their peers are talking about and thinking about. But we also have so many listeners who are earlier in their career or looking to make really drastic career changes in heading their way towards beauty. So I think this is going to be an incredible treat and learning experience for them. So what I'd love to start with first is, can you help our listeners understand what private equity means and how it impacts the beauty industry? Sure. Um, pr- private equity is just a, a fancy term for um, folks like myself here at Warburg Pincus providing companies with capital to either grow their businesses or to buy them out completely. And so sometimes you'll hear the term growth equity and that's when a private equity firm will come in and, and buy, you know, a stake in the company. So sometimes it's a third of the company or half the company. And they're really providing um, the founder oftentimes uh, some liquidity as well as some capital to, um, to, to grow the business. And so, you know, put capital into new product development or marketing or growing distribution. And then the other term that you'll often hear on private equity is what's called a buyout. And that's when um, a private equity firm will come in and, and typically buy uh, control of uh, an entity um, and, and uh, put, to put more capital to work as well into the business. So um, why beauty? What, like, why does beauty need PE money? So I, I think, you know, private equity is a source of capital for all uh, sectors. So here at Warburg, we invest um, across every industry. I lead our North America consumer and retail um, investing. And then within that, we identified beauty uh, in particular as a sector that's attractive within consumer. It's attractive because it's growing rapidly. It's um there's a lot of disruption from indie brands, and um, there's, there's really an, an opportunity because the, the beauty business models uh, are very high margin and very high free cash flow for uh, investors like myself, private equity investors, to generate a good return. Um, why do beauty companies need private equity? I don't think any company needs private equity, but private equity can oftentimes help founders um, solve some strategic challenges that they may be having with their business. So oftentimes founders uh, in, in beauty in particular will start their companies because they really like the product and they really like the consumer and they like developing um, new solutions and innovation. And then over time, what happens as you build any business is you find yourself um, dealing with HR and payroll and IT and finance and supply chain and some of the areas that are maybe less exciting. Um, you also will sometimes find yourself um, dealing with the challenge of how do I grow my business? What's the right distribution channel for me to go after? You know, which retailer should I open or not open? How do I take my business 
internationally. And these are all um, questions and challenges that private equity can help, um, you know, founders and CEOs uh, answer and deal with as they're as they're building their businesses, um, because we've done it multiple times before, and we've you know seen a lot of these challenges. We have a lot of resources um, in house. We have a lot of um, people who can help, particularly as as you're building these businesses. And so that's where private equity can be helpful. But I think Jody to use the word need would be right. um, a little presumptuous uh, of of folks in my seat. Right. Um, but for certainly when I talk to founders and we work with so many founders um, at Beast Beauty, there's a want, <laughs> but then there's a need. <laughs> there's quite often like a need, like we need to move from where we are to forward. And um, really the difference between some of our clients being able to do it is just cash, money, capital. Um, you know, it's not for lack of ideas. There's, you know, zillions of amazing ideas out there, but some people just either they know how to find capital or they don't. Um, and if they don't, then it holds holds them back. At least that's from from our point of view. Um, but yeah, you, I think. Uh, sorry, I, I think private equity though can be more than just uh, cash and capital. And and the truth is, there's a lot of cash out there, and there's a lot of capital out there, and there are a lot of different flavors of um, of private equity. But I think it's about finding the right partner who can help you grow your business and take your business to the next level. That's where private equity can really make a difference. Right. It's smart money. It's not just money. Um, You know, it's so fascinating to me, your, your side of the industry, because until I started my business, I knew nothing about anything. Like I never followed the money, right? It wasn't, I was in the marketing department. I was in the creative department, brands. Um, I never thought about it, right? I never thought about how is this brand I'm working at, you know, have the capital to keep growing and open more stores and enter more markets. Um, and now that I know about it, I feel like in another life, if I could, you know, use a spreadsheet and think about math in different ways, I would love to have your job. Um, so I guess what I'm super curious about is how did you even find this part of the business? How did you even know it existed and how did you enter it? Um, that's a great question because I kind of, um, to be honest, stumbled upon it and, and got lucky and, um, not to start way back at the beginning, but briefly, you know, I, I grew up in Miami and, um, went to university of Pennsylvania for undergrad. And when I got there, I was in the Wharton school and I, I really went there because I was always interested in math and science. And so I thought, Oh, business. Um, is a way to to apply that. Um, and when I got there, ended up you know realizing that uh, you know Wharton's got a great finance department, and there were all these kids running around talking about Goldman Sachs, and I was like, what's what's that? I don't know what that is. I didn't know what investment banking was, let alone um, private equity. And so it, it's all been part of a journey, and that that really started you know when I, when I got to Philly and. I spent a couple summers on on Wall Street figuring out what the the different um, types of jobs are and roles are, and you know ultimately did a summer in investment banking, and that led me to discover what private equity was and what investing was, and what you know really attracted me to investing was was the ability to to have real ownership in the decisions that you're making, and so it, it's not an advisory role. If we if we make an investment, we we live with that, and and we live with that until the day that that we exit, and you live with all the ups and the downs and and the challenges. And so, what I really liked about private equity was it was this combination of, um, you know, yes, there's a, a big corporate finance aspect of it, 
up front as well as on the exit when you're making these um, these big decisions about whether to put capital to work and when to sell a company, but as well as everything that happens in between. And so, um, you know, the strategic challenges with CEOs as they're building their organizations, as they're building out their teams, as they're building out infrastructure, as they are, you know, some of the things I touched upon earlier, but um, that debate of, you know, should I open this retailer or not and why and what does that mean for my business and what does that mean for my brand and what does that mean for the long-term growth prospects? So it was everything combined this um, that really attracted me to the role. It's so cool. Um, and you have the role now of managing director. So what does a typical day look like for you at work? Um, there's no such thing as a typical day, as I'm sure uh, many listeners can relate to um, across any field. But, you know, at a high level, what I'm responsible for is, you know, upfront sourcing and finding those investment opportunities. Then once we, you know, find an opportunity, we um, do what's called due diligence on the opportunities. So it's basically we do a lot of meetings with management, with accountants, with lawyers to make sure we understand the business really well and understand what we're buying. And so that's the execution side of the business. And then after that, um, I sit on the boards of the companies that we invest in. And so a lot of my time is spent um, speaking with not only the CEOs of the businesses that we invest in, but also uh, very often all of their direct reports. Um, and so what challenges are they dealing with? What opportunities are they dealing with? And uh, that's there's that piece. And then there's the back end piece when we're making the decision to either take a company public or sell it. Um, I would get very involved and, and really drive that, that part of the decision making. So there's a whole spectrum of, of what we do on any given day. I'm doing one or all of these depending on what's going on. So do you find yourself spending most of your day on the phone and talking to people or are you like jamming into spreadsheets, you know, like typing away, figuring things out? No, fortunately, I'm no longer jamming into (laughs) spreadsheets like I was 15 years ago when I started in this job. Most of most of my time is spent uh, meeting people and talking to people on the phone. Um, You know, I, I travel a lot to out to see the companies that we currently own, as well as to meet potential new investment opportunities or potential, you know, entrepreneurs and executives who we could back in the future. You know, I think um, nowadays, even with all the technology we have, you can't replace um, in-person connections and, and building those relationships with people. You know, at the end of the day, this business is really about building relationships. Right. Which makes me wonder, um, I would imagine that as much as you're interested in maybe like the profitability of a company, you're really equally interested in that person who's running it, right? Because that, that they need to be the conduit to, between you and success. Um, do you feel like you're interviewing not just the spreadsheets of the company, but the people behind it when you're considering an acquisition? Yes. Um, that is a huge part of the decision we make is, is who we're backing. And so um, we spend a lot of time meeting with the management teams and meeting um, folks even below the leadership team, you know, trying to understand the strength of the broader organization and the strength of the bench. We also do um, pretty extensive references before we back uh, a CEO. And so it, it is one of the most important decisions that we make. And when you're sitting on the board of a brand, um, 
is it very one-sided? Like they come to you and they say, we have a question about retail or is it like a continued conversation to a street back and forth about growing the brand? It is a constant conversation and dialogue. Um, you know, I'd say um, I'm on the phone with the companies I sit on the board of at least once a week, if not um, sometimes more often than that. And so um, it, it's a constant dialogue. And none of this um, is ever so black and white that you can just, you know, make a decision in one 20 minute conversation. There's often a lot of debate and back and forth that goes on. Um, and there, there are different challenges that come up um, across the business. And so um, a lot of times brands just reach out and say, hey, do you know anyone who can help mm-hmm. with this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I certainly do not have all the answers, but it's about helping uh, the businesses connect the dots and, and getting them to the right resources. So I guess a, a question that's really on my mind for most people that I talk to um, on the podcast is why beauty? What, what about beauty appeals to you? Personally, I don't mean because of the great margins. Yeah, I mean, personally, it's fun. I, you know, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm fortunate that I get to invest in a really fun sector, which is, you know, the U.S. consumer sector, and, uh, you know, beauty within that is, um, it's, it's a great, it's a great category. So there, there has to, be, there obviously has to be the financial aspect as to, you know, why beauty and and why I like it. And, and I think I've touched on that in terms of the growth and the margins and um, the opportunity to build some really big businesses. But beyond that, it's just, it's just fun. I like the product, you know, skincare, makeup, hair care, all of it. Um, I'm sort of a beauty junkie. Hmm. Um, I've always liked beauty because it felt like the more approachable, realistic sister to fashion. Um, fashion to me, I mean, like high fashion anyway, it was so much fantasy that it was just like, it was, it's just not at anywhere close to, close to touching earth. Like it was just like so far gone, but beauty was like, wow, I can, I can feel something different about myself with 20 bucks, five bucks, whatever, 10 bucks. Um, and I think there's something really incredibly powerful about how, um, intimate a beauty brand and beauty product can be with a, a customer in a way that, you know, fashion never felt that way for me. And I don't know why I always ended up comparing fashion and beauty together. They, they are clearly linked. But beauty just felt like I, um, everybody can have a part of it, where fashion, I didn't feel that way. Um, do you ever think about fa- the way fashion and beauty relate to each other? Um, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's some similar aspects, but I, I think, um, I, I don't know, there's something about beauty that I personally find. Um, I, I would agree with you. It is more approachable, and, and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I think... Um, I don't know if sometimes fashion, there's a lot of pressure around it. Yeah. Um, maybe it's like too much hype for my, my, my taste buds. Um, not to say we haven't ever worked in fashion. I certainly have. But um, I just love this idea of like attainable luxury, right? Or like even if you think about drugstore brands, um, if a drugstore brand is well marketed and really smart about the way they connect with their customer, that customer has so much pride of purchase, even if the item is three bucks. Um, and I think there's something really beautiful and satisfying about that. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit, Annette. And, um, you know, you have this incredible position of seeing what's happening in the industry, having these really intimate, um, important conversations with people that are growing the business and moving the business forward. 
And we do have so many listeners who are in the early stages of developing their business. In fact, one just emailed us the other day saying that as she's like labeling her jar, she's been listening to every single episode, which is awesome. Um, (laughs) So we know they're listening. Um, Let's take a deep dive into what kind of advice you'd have for an entrepreneur starting out, whether they're hair care, color, skin care, even wellness. Um, What would you encourage them to be thinking about at the early stages of their business? You know, I, I'd say as, as you're building your business, obviously, you know, first and foremost, do something that you're passionate about and excited about because um, that's what will ultimately drive success. If you are excited and passionate about it, then it will come across as authentic. And, you know, that's a word that we hear a lot about um, in this day and age, but authenticity is something that, that I think really matters uh, to the consumer today. And so, um, that that will come across and that, that passion and authenticity will be palpable to your consumer. I think the other thing is as you're considering, you know, where to get the money from, as, as you put it, Jody, and, and what that looks like is um, it's really important to pick the right partner. It's, um, it's sort of like a marriage. Mm. Um, you will be living and, and breathing with that person for a long time or, or that company, um, but but even more so the the specific person within a firm that you're going to be, be working with. It's really important um, to have difficult conversations up front and to make sure that, you know, it's the type of partner you want, that your interests are aligned, because that's, that's what's going to really help you build your business. You know, we've um, both been at events where you're seeing new brands and, and newer brands, and um, we're, you know, as an industry, I think, inundated with newness. Um, and, you know, I personally don't feel like, you know, there's room for everyone to survive. I think that the, the best will rise to the top, um, or I guess the most marketable, greatest opportunity will rise to the top. Um, and, you know, some other ones will either stay teeny tiny or they'll just dissolve. But, uh, you know, I, my concern is that brands launch and they're not really considering truly how important being different is. Um, you know, what would you say to a brand who's, who's just establishing themselves about ways to really diversify and differentiate what they're doing? I think, it, you know, it goes back to being authentic and having that passion in the product and, and being innovative. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, Nobody ever needs another lipstick or another highlighter or another bronzer. Um, it's about, you know, I think it's about two things. I think it's, you know, one, the innovation and how is this product going to do better for me than um, what I'm already using. And I think the other thing is the, that emotional connection to the consumer and, you know, actually making her feel something when she sees the product and mm-hmm. touches and, and feels it. That's so interesting. Yes, I think that uh, the space around founder stories has been so incredible lately. If you think about emotional connections, right? People are buying because they love that person, right? They love their story and their journey. Um, So I think even without a compelling founder, you can do that. It's certainly harder. But um, people are really responding to realness um, and... um, almost being vulnerable, right? I feel like brands and founders are being more and more vulnerable and um, open with themselves versus even two years ago. 
Um, I've seen so many changes, even at these big events that we go to, like people speaking on the stage or talking about, you know, getting divorced and how that led to X, Y, and Z. And like, we never would have heard these stories a few years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so much more emotional and personal. Um, Okay. We only have a few minutes left. So the last topic I wanted to cover off with you is something that you and I both know well, that they um, seeking balance in our lives. Um, I know you have a few kids at home as do I. Um, And I also know that you have to travel for work, um, from time to time. So tell me what your like outlook is to seeking balance in your days and nights. Um, so I've, I've learned to not define balance as any point in time or any day or even any given week. Um, cause I, I think it's, uh, it's unrealistic in the, the world that we live in to try to think like every day I get to do this. Um, because, a lot of days you won't. And so the way I really think about balance is kind of a continuum over a period of time. And so um, there will be some weeks where, you know, I'm on the West Coast for four days and, you know, not home and not seeing the kids. And then there will be weeks where I don't travel at all and I get to see the kids every night. And so I think it's about really defining that, that continuum um, I think, you know, the other thing I've, I've really tried to do um, and get better at is try to keep the weekends uh, pretty sacred for family time. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, it's short but very intense. And so um, I, I think generally the, the rule for me for balance is it's got to be flexible and it's never going to look the same. But as long as over a period of time I feel like I'm doing what I have to do at work and I'm doing what I have to do at home, um, then things are okay. I love that approach because it, number one, it seems really more calm and relaxed. And, you know, I've certainly had stages in my life where I guess I was seeking this kind of perfectionist thing. Like every day is going to be the day, right? I'm going to squeeze every, every single thing into this day. And like, no joke, I used to wake up with anxiety. Like my heart would be racing because I'd be trying to shove too many things into too short amount of time. Um, it took me like literally like eight years to figure this out, being a mom and working. But, um, I like, I, lo- I love what picture you're painting that like, it's not about just this one 24 hour period. It's really just about over time, looking at things in a little bit more of a relaxed way. Um, it takes, it takes the edge off a bit. Yeah. I don't know if my husband would agree with you that I'm relaxed, but that's at least how I try to think about it. <laughs> Annette, um, I so appreciate you joining us today. I know our entrepreneur listeners are going to be so thrilled to hear your point of view. um, And I really appreciate your wisdom. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And our listeners, you can subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, please follow us on Instagram at Based Beauty Creative Agency. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.